leatherneck things. You sound like that girl who puts a lot of butter in her food. Simply Sarah's from West Virginia. Not her. Oh, Paula Dean. Paula Dean, that's her name, yeah. The racist yeah. one. Yeah, she's racist. Yeah. I've only used the N word a few times in my life. That's that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but one is too many. Yeah. Um, well, 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 you never know what it's going to sound like. How do I do a recovery? You already deleted it? Yeah. Wow. Sadly. No, not my uh, thing. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So it's not in here anywhere. Shared with me? No. What it's a great temporary. concert that you've just given everyone. <laughs> because we're recording. recording. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that too. <laughs> How do I recover? What are you trying to cover? Uh, yeah. I already got it. You have them, but I don't. Oh, you want me to send it to you? Oh, no. Because I have them somewhere. I just don't know how to do it. Okay, I'm going to exit out. What we're going to do is start all the way over from the beginning. Bye. Hi, Kennedy. Welcome to our Spoopy Podcast. Welcome. The podcast where we talk about whatever we want to because it's our podcast. and not that's trademarked. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about the things that we like to talk about because it's we not own your it. podcast. We it's own ours. This, we own this podcast, and you do not own this podcast. <laughs> the possession of the podcast is in ours and yeah. not yours. Correct. <laughs> so back off, Whitney. Who's Whitney? You know she knows what she did. Karen. <laughs> Melissa. <gasps> is she here? We were talking Aww. to Melissa. Oh, where's Melissa? Melissa. Call back to the original episode where we were searching for Melissa. Our, she was supposed to be a guest star, and that never really happened. So, um, Spoiler alert. Uh, she was never even a real person. Yeah. We were just yelling into the air. Where's Melissa? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. That's good. As long as everyone can hear my beautiful, lovely voice. Leathery. Leathery. <laughs> Leathery, Leathery, cracked marble, yeasty voice. Very tainted, uh, unappealing. coronavirus Nails on a chalkboard, sickly, bubonic mm. plague witchy, voice. Witchy. Witchy. Witchy, swampy. Bob witchy, yeah. Um, you know, like the sound that you go up the stairs and it creaks a little bit? Lots of that. Lots of that. Um, you know that sound like when you've got water in your shoes, like in your tin shoes, and like it's sloshing back and forth a little bit? Yeah. That's uh, that noise. That. That's my voice. Yeah. 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 You sound great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I'm so glad that you're over your coronavirus. Will you stop spreading that rumor? <laughs> no. 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 Um, well, I do have a nice announcement for everyone. What is it? Me and Spencer are drinking the new White Claws. Oh, yes, we are. Let me tell you. Uh, tangerine's pretty lit so far. Watermelon's not bad. We I still tried like black cherry better. Because you try, you've tried lemon. Yeah. I tried lemon. I really like lemon. I'm excited for lemon. Yeah. Lemon's I'm actually very lit. excited for watermelon. Watermelon? This is sign language for watermelon. I don't think that's right. Um, <laughs> are you an expert? So, uh, Are you an expert? It. Take my word for it. Anyway. I touched my face. Everything in here is completely sanitized. I Lysol everything on the hour. 
Everybody I believe works, it. Everybody works thinks I'm fucking nuts because because you are. Well, you know all the the Lysols I got from Couponing. Yeah, <laughs> I've been taking them to work because <laughs> why not? Why not? If I'm gonna get sick, that's where I'm gonna get sick. Yeah. So I'm like, <clears throat> team members, it's time for your Lysol <laughs> cleanup schedule. And I'm sure as soon as like a customer gets up from like your little sand area, right, you're just like, <clears throat> yeah. Every time they check something out, I'm like Lysoling the credit card. Machine. Yeah. They don't see me do it, but that's fine. I don't care if they do. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't trust you, Brenda. But then that's good for the brand of where you work as well, because then they say like, "Oh, look, he's cleaning so well. He cares about us." Not really. He just cares about himself. <laughs> you care about yourself to make sure that you don't get sick. <laughs> Please do not show up to the mall for the next three weeks. If you come, I will be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't talk to anyone. <gasps> yeah. I, oh. What is Melissa texting? Melissa us again? texted us. She said, "We know a lot of people in Italy who have it or had it." <laughs> stop. I need to stop reading the news. I need to and stop texting her about this virus. <laughs> I need to cl- close myself off from the public. You need to quarantine yourself from news. <laughs> no, I need to actually quarantine myself yeah. and then be in the house panicked. Yeah, there you go. Just, Just stay here. Fuck. No, everybody out there. Social has distancing. <laughs> Open the window. Stop trying to get me sick. <laughs> like someone walking by. Just, what? Excuse me? <laughs> you heard me. I don't know you. Get sir. away from me. <laughs> get out of my house. <laughs> they say that you're supposed to social distance of six feet. I'm going to do 27. <laughs> so stay down there. <laughs> the people that live below me. You need to move. <laughs> you got to go. Sir, you are yelling. <laughs> Your yelling is just freaking everyone out walking by. With yeah. a trash bag <laughs> over my head and then goggles just on top. <laughs> Hello? I need you to get out of here. Can you please exit the street right now? I'm, I'm short of breath. I'm suffocating. You're in a plastic bag. You're in a bag. plastic bag, sir. No! <laughs> it's Corona! It's Corona! I'm dying! <laughs> You're hyperventilating yourself, you dumbass. Totally passed out on the sidewalk. <laughs> the police come by. Another one. I got another one. Another panicked soul. Oh. Wow. How cute. <laughs> Love that for me. I do. I'm really doing a good job here. Are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I um, think. <laughs> yeah. You know what I need? Fucking CBD oil. Yeah. Well, you know what has CD, CBD oil? Baked buns. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. So a recent Gallup poll showed that Americans have reported feelings of stress. Yes. Worry. Yes. Anger. No. At the highest levels in know. over I feel a like decade. Pretty angry. Well, yeah, customers. <laughs> um, while we are growing more and more aware of the effects on our, of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you are a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any that way that we can. What about the anxiety that we have may, pass, may have passed on to our dogs? Baked Bones has a solution. Woo! CBD has been shown to help relieve stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs. And Baked Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil. Their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BakedBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and the other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 10% now through April 15th with promo code SPOOPY10. That's S-P-O-O-P-Y-10. Baked Bones is an LGBTQ-owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. 
Baked Bones probably donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the U.S. You know what else I'd like to talk about as well? Um, I have a feeling it has something to do with uh, something yellow. Yeah. Uh, so I do have to say, whenever I went to the store uh, and everyone was panicked, there was a lot of people that were buying pasta and pasta sauces. Well, I got there and there was just a perfect amount of pasta and pasta sauces. And I do have to say that I want to talk about one of my favorite is Sunshine Tomato Company. There's a new color in the pasta sauce aisle, and it's yellow. Yeah. The Sunshine Tomato Company makes delicious, all-natural pasta sauce made exclusively with yellow tomatoes. That's right, yellow tomatoes. These golden beauties are lower in acidity than their red cousins, making them a heartburn-free alternative. No sugar added, gluten-free, and heartburn-free. Check out Sunshine Tomato Company products on their website at www.sunshinetomatocompany.com and be on the lookout for them in a grocery store near you. And hey, for you online shoppers, if you use promo code SUN2020, S-U-N-2020, you'll get 20% off your online purchase through April 30th. Which is pretty much all of us. I know. And nobody can go to the store anymore. Exactly. So, so order online. go online to Sunshine Company, sunshinetomatocompany.com and mm-hmm. get your, your tomato sauce. Oh, yes. Yeah, and you can have it shipped directly to you. Right to your there house. There you go. Very intelligent purchase there. I mean, pasta and pasta sauce is something that will survive the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And Umbridge <laughs> has some in the pantry. <laughs> we got like five, no, six different like things of pasta no we've got like eight things of pasta and then like a lot of pasta sauce as well we are ready <laughs> i'm so glad that i i didn't bake bake baked bones baked what bones. i didn't uh bake a whole lot of uh my prep preparedness prep into my grocery list from monday mm-hmm. but i was like oh, i'll just grab a couple things and then i went to bake or big lots on wednesday? you went on wednesday because that yeah. was when we recorded a rupee podcast yeah so I think I got enough. I still want to go get more because mm. I'm freaking a paranoid, out. panic person. Yeah. But uh, pasta's a great idea. Yeah. Pasta's a really, like, easy thing. Rice, too, but, like, rice is, is really gone. So that's why I need to go back and get, like, actual canned foods because, like, we've got a lot of, like, our frozen stuff, and that's all stuff that, like, I'm refusing to touch. So, like, I need to go back and get, like, next week's actual groceries as opposed to, like, what we have stocked for quarantine. So yeah. there's that. Um, I really love Spam. Mm-hmm. Do you like Spam? Uh, I have never had spam. Oh, I love from what I remember, it's so good. Yeah. Anyways, I bought a whole bunch of spam, and Thomas is like, "What am I gonna eat?" And I'm like, "You're gonna, you're gonna eat spam." And he's like, uh, "No, no." Like, See, there's spam or tuna. There's yeah. Sardines. Which your, the, tuna was also out. That's what I need to go get some tuna. I need to get some beans. I need to get some like canned items, and then frozen frozen vegetables as well. Yeah. But there's not really any room in our freezer anymore. So I'm like. Where else are we gotta do all cans. Yeah, all cans, all canned vegetables. Let's do it. All cans, all the time. Yeah, except More the only cloth. like really good, or the oh, not even good. The only canned vegetable that's like really popular is green beans. Green beans. I fucking hate green beans. Really? They're so gross to me. I like those. Corn. Yeah. Then I just shit it all. Out. <laughs> You're welcome to everyone listening on our podcast. This is the Rockham Sakura of the Spoopy Podcast. <laughs> Hey, that's why I loved his fart jokes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh fart jokes. Okay. <laughs> why did you do that? But I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay, so you can hear all about our breakdown on our Rupee podcast. Our, uh, it's not even like a sister. It's, it's like a spinoff. A, um, like a, a stepchild. Yeah, exactly. Not a ginger one because we like it. Yeah, we do like it. So, so like uh, like a know, blonde. Yeah, or yeah. Like, a, like a golden brown haired yeah. child. Yeah. With colored eyes. Yeah. And Why are you such a Nazi? 
<laughs> you said blonde immediately. I just said a hair color. Listen. <laughs> oh my god. For twenty five cents a day. <laughs> Stop. Ah! In the arms of oh, no. an angel. That's actually for dogs and yeah. not for people. Oh, I thought we were talking about dogs again. Um, oh, I'm going to get us a uh, couple other white claws so that we can start talking Ooh, about scary stuff that would and then lovely. see where we go from there. I don't oh. even know what you wrote about. Yeah. Is it scary? Yeah. Yes! Is it about Women's History Month? Yeah. My two! <laughs> I picked a, a, a crazy woman. A female? A female. Uh-huh. She's not crazy. We don't know that. It was yeah. a long time ago. That's also mango. <clears throat> I don't want mango. Mangoes are gross. Lemon? Lemon would be You good. want lemon or watermelon? Uh, Lula Lamont, please. Lula Lamont. Do we know who goes first? Uh, I went last last week, so you go first. No. You went last I last went week, first, so yeah. you go first this week. I brought three. Oh, wow. I didn't really calculate that very well. There's that one for you as well. Um, okay. That means I'm going first this week. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some spooky stuff. So yes. I wanted to find someone that you don't know about. That's like my challenge every single week is like find someone that you have not heard about. What's the first letter? A. Oh, I know that one. Okay. <laughs> so her name is Amy Archer Gilligan. Have you heard of her? Uh, maybe. We'll I see. Don't. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if you've heard of her. So she was born as Amy E. Duggan on October 31st of 1873. This is about the Duggars. They have 21 kids and counting. No, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, so October 31st of 1873 in Milton, Connecticut. Halloween. And yeah, she was born on Halloween. Oh my that god, was already she a start. Destined yeah. to kill people. Yeah, exactly. So 1873 uh, in Milton, Connecticut, she was the eighth of ten children. There was ten of them. Uh, there wasn't much about her early life, which I was like, come on, I need some of that information. I need some of that deets. Give me the juicy shit. Uh, in 1894, 97. I'm sorry. Uh, she married James Archer and had a daughter named uh, Mary J. Archer. Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Archer. Mary J. Blige. Oh, they're related. Same same people. I think they were good singers. Yeah. Hey, Google, turn off Legroom TV. I'm not listening to you. Okay. <laughs> um, so then in 1907, the Archers became caretakers for the first time when they took in their first client, John Seymour, an elderly widower. So they're nursing home people? They started a nursing home, basically. Uh, so they started their, their, their caretaking with just one person. It was uh, John Seymour. Uh, they moved into his home in Newington, Connecticut, to take care of him. However, Seymour died in 19, 1904. I almost said 1994. Wow, we jumped 100 years. He was alive for 200 <laughs> years. He lived a very long life. Um, the relatives turned the house into a boarding home for the elderly, where the archers remained to care for them for a fee. So they basically like paid them, um, or they had people move in move they in like, they paid we'll them we'll change your bedpan but you got to give us $25 exactly and then the archers then paid the Seymour family rent for the the house and then ran a nursing home they called Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly sounds like somebody that would make good pies yeah exactly I'm like pies out of people <gasps> just Todd. No, yeah, so she didn't do that. So we didn't get to that. Yes. We didn't go that far yet. She didn't do that yet. Um, so in 1907, the Seymours decided to sell their property, so the Archers used their savings to purchase a new property in Windsor, Connecticut, and converted it into a business called uh, the Archer Home for the Elderly and Infirm. Um, James Archer then passed away in 1910 of Bright's disease, which is basically kidney disease, which was deemed as natural causes. However... Amy had taken out an insurance policy on him a few weeks before his passing, which the payout allowed her to continue to operate the op- the Archer home. 
Um, which all seems really fishy to me. No, well, it doesn't. She killed him. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Strict nine. Well, as I describe more of the, like, her modus operandi. <laughs> Get that modus <laughs> Modus operandi. Uh, it makes me question whether or not he died of natural causes. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. It sounds familiar. The story sounds familiar, but a lot of people did what they're doing. Yeah. Just kill people randomly. <laughs> well, run we, a nursing home and kill the people in it. Well, we talked about the the guy in Britain that killed like two hundred something people, possibly up to five hundred, that were just killing old people just because yep. he felt like it, overdosing them on heroin up until the through the nineties. <laughs> people are terrible. Yeah, lo- love that. Um, uh, so then Amy married Michael W. Gilligan in nineteen thirteen, a widower with four adult sons. He was interested in Amy, but also interested in investing in the Archer home. However, on February twentieth of nineteen fourteen, three months after marrying Amy, Michael Gilligan died, with the official cause of death as an acute bilious attack, which is basically severe indigestion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That bilious was like your. Um no, bile it's like glands yeah, liver. You're, and you have bile in your intestines and stuff. Oh. So yeah. Um, oh, she's a doctor. Oh. How do I stop from getting coronavirus? <laughs> Tell me, please. What? How do I stop from getting coronavirus? Uh, just put it in rice. <sighs> <laughs> There's no rice. <laughs> There's no rice anywhere. We need that. Uh, wait, isn't there like a Mahatma um, like factory right around here? In the first ward, but there's no rice there, though. It's, like, right over by Tony's house. It's closed. So? Just break in. <laughs> it's closed permanently. Just break in. They don't have rice there anymore. Just break in. Okay. Well, what's your question? Make a note. <laughs> Google, put that on my calendar. <laughs> what would you like to Break into Mahatma. <laughs> we need rice. Um... So Amy was once again well off because during the short marriage that they had, her new husband had drawn up a will that left his entire estate to her, not to any of his four kids, four adult children that he had. Um, I mean, that sounds really legit. Yeah. Does, of course. But hey, it's also... you guys were shitty all growing up. I like this lady I met four weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> and here's all the money that I had in my life. Um, and especially in like 1914. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, so between 1907 and 1917, 60 residents of the Archer home had died, which left family members of the residents suspicious as they tallied the large number of deaths. Uh, but at the same time, not to defend her, but at, I look at it and say, well, you're running an old folks home. Like, the people who are coming to you are typically people who can't take care of themselves. So, of course, there's going to be people that die. What? <laughs> but <laughs> I know, I yeah, weird concept, but the most... So, 12 residents had died between 1907 and 1910, but then 48 died between 1911 and 1916. So, that's when she was like, let's ramp this up. Oh, sorry. Ramp this up and get crazy. Um, So, among the deaths was a man named Franklin R. Andrews, a robust, healthy man who was out gardening on the morning of May 29th, Mm. 1914. That's how everyone describes me. Robust. Robust. Uh Yeah. I don't know exactly what that means. (laughs) Like, are you like... Barrel shape. Yeah. <laughs> but then the, that robust and rotund are two different things. Yes. Rotund is fat. Ro- robust means, so to me, sounds like he's like, like living a, his life. Like, like a ox. Strong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Everything that people describe. He's as strong as an ox. His voice is very deep. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. hey, girl. <laughs> hey. 
Beast. You sound like Heidi in Closet. <laughs> hey, oh my God, you. I wanted to oh. just die. <laughs> Precisely. Um, so he was out gardening on that morning, but then in a single day, his health deteriorated so much that he became frail and like basically falling apart. And by the evening, he was dead. <gasps> so within a matter of hours, he just like deteriorated to basically death. Um, not basically to death. <laughs> Um, the official cause of death. <laughs> to, uh, almost to death. Yeah. Like, he was like alive. But like, he <laughs> but, was like, oh my God. Uh, kill me. Hashtag dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hashtag, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the emoji with the one eye open and the one eye closed. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so the drunk fa- I call it the drunk face. Like the, oh. It's like, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, death is crazy. Wild. It's so crazy. <laughs> Some people say. Says. <laughs> Some people say. 100% of the time, 60% of the time, 100% of people say it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. The <laughs> Mission Falls Gazette says, wow. Death. That's real crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so the official cause of death was a gastric ulcer. A stomach ulcer. Okay, dude. <laughs> yeah, sure. that'll kill a robust person. Yeah. The one who was living his life perfectly fine and then all of a sudden dead <laughs> from a stomach ulcer. Um, after Andrews' siblings came into possession of his some of his letters, they found occasions where Amy Archer Gilligan was pressing him for money. Amy's clients found a pattern of dying not long after giving her large sums of money. Uh, Andrews' sibling reported her suspicions to the district attorney, who mostly ignored her as the deaths continued. So she took the story to a newspaper called the Hartford Current, where on May 9th of 1916, the first of several articles called the Murder Factory was published. <gasps> a few months later, police actually started investigating the reports, which took almost a full year. I had a bad joke. Uh-huh. Murder Factory? Uh-huh. That's what they called this pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes! <laughs> but why? <laughs> a lot of murders go on in there. The, it's like a cannibal. Eat that meat? Ew. <laughs> you know, Kesha's cannibal is now famous on TikTok. Yeah, I know. I'm very into that. Everybody's but like, oh my God. I don't get it. Like, why? And they do this move where they're like, I'll eat you up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, do you know you this doing? is about cannibalism? <laughs> yeah, this is actually about <laughs> eating this, a human being. This is about the Lokanda tribe. <laughs> Stop. From Southeast Asia. And they actually eat people. And you're just over here glorifying it on TikTok. And you're just, th- yeah, no, I can't stand that. <laughs> I'm really upset with the oh youth God. of this generation. It sounds about white. <gasps> That's your last name. Yeah. Oh, it's ah! you. It was you the whole it time. Me. It was me the whole time. I was the one who started that trend. Yeah, I'm Scooby and the gang, and we just took your mask off. What? White? Chris, what? <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too. Two, if it was fucking kids. <laughs> Don't you guys? Aren't you supposed to be in school? Shouldn't you be doing something else, like not solving crimes? And you're high as fuck. I know. I mean, look at the mystery machine. It's literally just like a weed machine. They open the door. Just oh, oh god. god! What are you guys Skunks doing everywhere? In there? Just a mess. Uh, so. That when the investigations actually started, they finally exhumed the bodies of Gilligan, Andrews, and then three other residents from the Archer home. And it was confirmed that all five of them had died from poisoning, from arsenic, or strychnine. 
Strychnine. Strychnine. Strychnine. Strychnine. <laughs> you can say it other way. No, it's only one way. Well, adenine. How do you, you spell it the same same kind of way? You say adenine. Adenine. No. <laughs> it's strychnine. It's strychnine. Strychnine. It's strychnine. No, it's not. Um, the local merchants confirmed that Amy had been buying large amounts of arsenic to kill rats. Poison the well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a look into uh, a look into Gilligan's will confirmed that that was also a forgery. For, damn it, forgery written by Amy. So she had forged his will. Um, evidence also found that she was sending patients to the drugstore to buy large amounts of arsenic. And then that, that's when police were like, "Yeah, we should probably wait a minute. <laughs> we should probably arrest her because she's got a lot of arsenic for no reason." <laughs> uh, so then they they arrested her. Uh, she was arrested and originally tried for five counts of murder, but her lawyer was able to reduce them to just one count, which was for the death of Franklin R. Andrews. On June 18th of 1917, a jury found her guilty, and she was sentenced to death. She, yeah. she Way harsh. I know. It's like... She was just killing people. It's no big deal. She was just having a good time she, being a chemist. She was watching people's lives and watching them deteriorate. Like, yeah. wh why is that so weird? That's why you got into science? Yeah. To kill people? Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. You heard it first here, everyone. <laughs> Shut up. Um, she appealed and her new trial... I wrote trail. Her new trial was set in... I wrote trail so many times <laughs> during my... <laughs> was set in 1919 where she pleaded insanity... Uh, Amy's daughter, Mary Archer, testified that her mother was addicted to morphine. However, she was again found guilty but sentenced to life imprisonment instead. In 1924, Amy was declared temporarily insane and was transferred to the Connecticut Hospital. Wait, for temporarily? Yeah. She was temporarily insane for years? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, didn't know how they, they got that. But uh, yeah, she was declared temporarily insane and was transferred to the Connecticut Hospital for the Insane in Middletown, where she remained until she died on April 23rd, 1962. So she lived for almost 100 years. Fuck. Yeah. And I mean, 50 of that was in... Mental. In a mental... Uh, yeah, mental hospital. Do you think by like 80, she was like, I think they're poisoning me. <laughs> I think that they might be giving me arsenic. I think this is... Strict nine. Yeah. Tastes just like it. It's bitter. <laughs> I know the taste. Trust me. <laughs> I've done it before. Um, so it's not certain how many that she officially killed. The, the like confirmed counts are five uh, through poisoning. <clears throat> but under her supervision of the nursing home, however, she had 60 deaths. Uh, so I don't know how many were actually from uh, poisoning or just natural deaths or what? And I'm pretty certain that she killed her first husband as well. Oh, so, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, his kidneys shut down. So, I was like, he wasn't that old. And that's what arsenic does, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I think the first thing it does is it, like, stops oxygen. It stops your blood cells from delivering oxygen to places in your body. What are you looking this at? This light is moving. And I have not touched it. So. We have an earthquake? Ghosts. Maybe because the AC was running? Special guest on the podcast this week, guys. There's guests. a ghost. ghost. Yeah, so tell us, what's it like floating? <laughs> <laughs> it's really crazy. I really like it a lot. If you guys hear anything that we can't hear on this podcast, let us know because we want to know if the ghosts are talking to us. Yeah. To to you guys. Well, mostly 
Mostly to me, right? To me? Well, I would prefer that people don't talk to me. Dead or alive. Well, that's why we're going to quarantine. Yeah. yeah. So I can socially distance from everybody. <laughs> Savannah's in the house. Hey, Chris, come no. play a board game. Get away. Nope. <laughs> Self-quarantine to this bedroom. Get away from me. <laughs> I'm not coming out until you go in your room and I'm going to Lysol everything. Yep. Never Lysol anything. No. Nope. Coughs <laughs> without covering the mouth all over the kitchen. Don't do that in here. Oh, sorry. You fucking bitch. <laughs> I washed my hands, though. so that's the story of amy gilligan no what's her name amy archer gilligan so oh Oh, so good so have you ever heard of her i feel like i might have seen it on deadly women but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are murderers like that so yeah yeah i mean people who wanted to take people's money so they killed them i'm like oh that is fire it's good right so good it tastes really good that's the lemon Love that for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good shit. You know what else is good shit? Um, I have a guess. Does it have to do with Latin music? Yes. Yes! yes! <clears throat> so, 35 years ago, the Miami Sound Machine released the smash hit Conga. And to- okay, when we do it this time, we have to do get on your feet instead of just get on your feet. Yeah. Okay. We'll start again. Okay. 35 years ago, the Miami Sound Machine released the smash hit Conga and took the world by storm with their high-energy music from visionary producer Emilio Estefan and fierce frontwoman Gloria Estefan. Their incredible story comes to life in the musical On On Your Your Feet. We invite you to experience this crowd-pleasing show at San Antonio's Woodlawn Theater from March 20th through April 11th. It's the first time a local theater in Texas is producing the extraordinary musical based on the lives of the legendary husband and wife team. The duo's creative vision and dynamic Cuban-infused sound earned them 26 Grammy Awards throughout their career and a lifetime of fans. See On Your Feet at the historic Woodlawn Theater, opening March 20th. For ticket information, visit woodlawntheater.org or call 210-267-8388. Enter the code CONGA when buying your tickets online or mention it when calling the box office and receive 10% off your purchase price. See on your feet only at the Woodlawn Theater. Oh my God. We love the Woodlawn Theater. We do. We do a lot. We also love San Antonio. Mm. Ah. Ever get a chance to visit? Definitely go. Thomas is in San Antonio. Aww. She's having a bachelor night tonight. Who? Me. Oh. Why? Because... What? Because <laughs> it's me and Kennedy. Oh, bachelors, single, single, single men. Yeah, we're bachelors. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. I'm gonna make him drink Jaeger out of the toilet. Ew. That's what straight guys do, right? Just, yep. <laughs> I, I was straight one I time. I have no idea, honestly. I drank Jaeger out of toilet bowls, but yeah. nice. <laughs> you got the ghost freaking me out. Um, I mean, it's still kind of moving. Yeah, when I was. Gay. I mean, when I was, when gay. I was gay. When I was gay. When I was straight, uh, I used to drink yep. Jaeger out of toilet she, bowls. You heard it here first, everyone. She was straight one time. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was all false. That's so wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> um, your story and mine have a lot of similarities. Oh my gosh, tell me about it. I so it's of the same time period. Mine is a little bit earlier. Okay, but it's in 1800. Okay, a woman murderer. <gasps> I love women's history month. <laughs> We're going to talk about Mrs. Lizzie Borden, everyone. Oh, I've heard of her. Lizzie Borden. Uh-huh. She's crazy. She's real crazy. 
Well, all of these are. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to murder people, you're probably crazy. You're a little crazy. Look at Amy's picture. Oh, wow. She's so handsome. <laughs> she is a handsome woman. That is a bow. <laughs> she, she's got a, a brick face. It's very, very stoic. <laughs> I would venture to say that there's no bricks in it, and it looks like... It's just kind of mushy. Like an egg on a nail. It looks like a banana that sat there a little bit too long. Listen, we're not out here for people's looks, okay? But she does look like Slimer from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Listen, we're not trying to die. We're not making fun of people's looks here, but she looks like Jiggly Caliente. <laughs> Before she got flippers. Before the teeth, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You're terrible. I'm just telling you. May I call you Jiggly? <laughs> I would I would prefer that you didn't. Yeah. Okay. Why did she never say that? What? No. I don't... I would not like that. Can you call me something else? Because I don't think that you're allowed to say no to RuPaul. That Ru makes Paul. me sound fat. <laughs> oh, somebody said no to Pearl. Uh, no, somebody said no to RuPaul. Who's Pearl? Pearl. Mm. Is there something, on my, something on my face? Anyways. So. Okay. Ciao. Lizzie Borden was born in Fall River, Massachusetts. Again, close by. Oh my gosh. Yeah, in, that's not far from Connecticut. Mm -hmm. In July of 1860 to Sarah and Andrew Jackson Borden. No relation. <laughs> uh, her father grew up in a com grew up comfortably, but not rich. And once he uh, got out on his own, he struggled financially for a while. Eventually, though, he found prosperity in the funereal business. What is that? Making coffins. Oh, fun. Okay, got it. You said it weird, and I was like, "What did you just say?" People say funereal, don't they? Funer I don't know. I've heard I don't. It. I never heard that word before. So it was funereal. Okay, fine. I'll like, allow it. Jeez. Um, was not asking you for anything. So uh, well, <laughs> I'm allowing it. Going. Um, with his newfound wealth, he entered property development. He had several successful uh, directorates, mostly textile mills, owned a lot of commercial property, and was the president of the Union, Union Savings Bank and a director at, oh my god, this is my favorite one, the Durfee Safe Deposit Company. Durfee? D-U-R-F-E-E. Durfee. Durfee! <laughs> which will come into play later. Oh. Um, at the time of his death, he was valued at 300 grand. So in today's dollars... Eight million dollars. Wow, he's a rich guy. A rich bitch. If he was a rich boy. Guess who got out of going to Gwen Stefani Tuesday? Me. Thank you. One thing coronavirus did for me. Oh God. Uh, so he was also known as being a bit of a cheapskate. Mm, um, that's so how he were, got his money. Yeah, I know. They were like rich, rich, but they didn't have indoor plumbing. Oh, they got or, funeral or electricity. money. They got funeral money. Okay. But everybody else had indoor plumbing and electricity. But they, and they were like, we don't need it. We'll shit outside like a bear and light a candle at night. That doesn't sound bad. Um, they lived at 92 Second Street. Uh, it was in an affluent area, but not the wealthiest part of town. Affluence. Affluence. <laughs> Uh, Lizzie had one sister, Emma Lenora Borden, and both attended the Central Congregational Church. Lizzie was a Sunday school teacher and taught immigrants. She was also part of uh, a number of Christian organizations. After Lizzie mo Lizzie's mother died, her father remarried three years after her death to a new woman, Abby Durfee Gray. Oh. So, so he married mm, the... Somebody in the company. Yeah. Hmm. Someone who owns... Convenient. Yeah, high up in the company. 
related in a remix. I'm sorry. What? Said remix. Yeah, but mine was like a stutter. Oh, I mean, mine was too, but then that's why I made a joke about it being a remix. I'm I'm glad that you worked that out to your advantage. Yep, because I'm the funniest person on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, girl. Okay. Um, so Lizzie was not necessarily, she did not necessarily have a great relationship with her stepmother, uh, reportedly referring to her as Mrs. Borden. Ugh, so good. Uh, Lizzie believed that Abby had married her father for his wealth. Bridget Sullivan, whom they called Maggie. Those names Wait, what? Lizzie's is Maggie short for Lizzie? No, this is a, a maid that lives with them. Her oh. name is Bridget Sullivan, but she goes by Maggie. That doesn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, she's a 24-year or 25-year-old live-in maid who had immigrated to the U.S. from Ireland. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, testified that Lizzie and Emma are rarely ate meals with their parents. In 1892, Andrew killed multiple pigeons in his barn with a hatchet, believing that they were attracting local children to hunt them. Lizzie had <laughs> recently bu- built a roost for pigeons. And it had been commonly recounted that she was upset over his killing of them. You're killing my birds! <laughs> You're killing my birds! <laughs> Though how upset she was is still debated. A family feud prompted Lizzie and her scissor, sister... Scissor. Scissor, gross, sister. <laughs> lesbians. Uh, her sister Emma to take extended... Lesbians? Quotations. Vacations. Extended vacations. Uh, to New Bedford. After they returned, Lizzie did not stay in the home with the rest of the family, instead opting to stay in a local boarding house for four days before she returned home. Tensions were on the rise in the Borden family, and a gift of real estate to members of Abby's Abby's family um, prompted the sisters to ask their father for a gift of real estate. The house that they lived in with their mother, for which Andrew sold to to the girls for a dollar... was their gift of real estate. Uh, a few weeks before the murders, the girls reportedly sold the house back to their father for, father for five grand. Um, and the night before the murders, the girl's biological uncle stopped by the house to discuss business with Andrew and was invited to stay for a few days. This is noted to be an extra strain placed on the family relations. For a couple days before the murder, the whole family had been sick with uh, food poisoning, likely due to a spoiled meat. But Abby... The stepmother suspected poisoning, as Andrew was not a very likable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, so we, the thing that someone else poisoned all of them—that's what she thought. But okay. it's most likely that they left something on the stove for too long and then ate it and got sick. Sounds about right. Uh, it said like mutton or something. Mutton's meat. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> ciao. Anyway, big boobs. Big boobs. Uh, so now we come to the main event. The murders. Murders. Uh, the uncle arrived on the evening of August 3rd and slept in the guest room that night. After breakfast the next morning, Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, the uncle, and the Borden's maid Maggie were all accounted for. Oh, it didn't say Emma, but I guess Emma's there too. Who's um, Emma? Her sister. Oh. Um, Andrew and the uncle went into the sitting room where they talked for nearly an hour. The uncle left at 8.48 a.m. to buy a pair of oxen and visit his niece in Fall River, planning to return to the Borden's homes for lunch. Lunch. (laughs) For lunch at noon. I was going to do loon at lunch. Loon at lunch. 
Andrew left for the, his morning walk sometime around uh, 9 a.m. Uh, although cleaning of the guest room was one of Lizzie and Emma's tasks, Abby went upstairs sometime between 9 and 10.30 a.m. to make the bed. While she was in the guest room, she was attacked. <gasps> yeah. She was facing her attacker and was hit with a hatchet on the side of the head just above the ear that caused her to fall to the floor, bruising her nose and forehead. She was then hit 17 times to the back of the head. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then Andrew comes back at 10.30 and he tries to unlock the front door, but he finds it's locked. Uh, he knocks on the door to get someone's attention. Maggie comes to the door to open it, but finds the door is jammed. She reportedly cursed, and uh, she heard Lizzie laughing somewhere behind her, but perhaps at the top of the stairs, but she did not see her. How this, old is Lizzie at this point? Um, I actually don't know. It didn't really make that obvious. Like it didn't say a year or anything? She was born in 1860. Uh-huh. Um, let me go look at the page. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Eighteen ninety-two, and she was born in eighteen sixty, so she's not, she's thirty-two. <laughs> so, but she's up on the stairs like. Don't <laughs> 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 uh, let that fucker in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so blood, blood, blood. This came about in court because anyone on the second floor would have been able to see Abby's body plainly. Lizzie denied being on the second floor at all. When Lizzie's father asked where Abby was, Lizzie told him that she had received a note to go, uh, that she had received a, a note and she was going to go visit a sick friend. Lizzie says that then she helped her father take off his boots and put on his slippers while he laid on the couch to take a nap. Although in the crime photos, he's still wearing boots. She then told Maggie about a sale at a department store downtown and said, get on out of here. Go down to that sale, get, girl. Get out of here. And Maggie was like, oh, I'm sick. <laughs> so she went to her room to lay down. Uh, moments later, Maggie said that she laid in bed on her third floor bedroom. How did she get to the third floor without going on the second floor? Yeah. Know, something that didn't make any not, sense to me. Not possible. Um, until just after 11 a.m. when she heard Lizzie uh, yell up to her, come quick, father's dead. Someone <laughs> has come in and killed him. Why does she have a British accent? Because it's 1800s. They don't have like a full on American accent yet. It's still just a little bit British. Come quick. Hmm. Father's dead. No, that's like Australian. Yeah. Come quick. <laughs> Father's dead. Someone has come in and killed him. Okay, one more time. So, no, never mind. No, no. Andrew was slumped on the couch with 10 to 11 axe-like wounds. One of his eyes was split cleanly in two. Ew. Which apparently suggests that he was asleep when he was attacked. Uh, he was still bleeding, which makes it obvious that the attack was recent. Yeah. Detectives. Just happened. Yeah. Detectives would estimate 11 a.m. as his time of death. So then uh, we hear Lizzie's side of the story, which jumped around a whole lot um, and contradicted itself a lot. Lizzie reported hearing a groan or scraping noise, maybe a distress call before entering the house. Then two hours later, she heard uh, she said she had heard nothing and asked where her stepmother was, which she later recounted as uh, which she later recounted the knot from being a oh the note from a sick friend of which is not good at typing um she then thought that abby had returned and asked someone to go upstairs and look for her maggie and a neighbor went up to check halfway up the stairs their eyes level with the ground they immediately saw the body of abby 
<laughs> Police noted that they were suspect of Lizzie's attitude. She seemed way too calm and unbothered. Even with this demeanor, the police failed to check Lizzie for bloodstains and only gave her room a cursory search as she was, quote, not feeling well and needed to rest. So how these are all happening like really close to each other, aren't they? They happened, yeah, like within an hour. Yeah. Um, so then the police looked in the basement. They found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet with a broken handle. Mm-hmm. The broken hatchet was suspected to be the murder weapon as the break was fresh and the hatchet had some ash and dust spread across it, unlike others, to make it appear as though it had been there sometime. But the police did not take it as evidence. Why? They left it there because oh they're fucking God. idiots. Instead, they took the family's milk and inspected the contents of the vim- victim's stomach to test for poisoning. They were axe murdered. Better. But let's These go ahead and people te- could be poisoned. It, was there poison involved? Oh my god! Obviously, nothing was found. Uh, after the murders, uh, Lizzie and Emma's friend Alice Russell came to stay with the girls, and their uncle stayed on the third floor in another guest room. Police were stationed outside the home that night and saw Lizzie and her friend carrying kerosene and a slop pail into the basement. Slop pail, I guess, is like a shit bucket. Yeah, I know. I know plumbing. what a slop pail is. It was like shit in a bucket. Yeah, I just um, figured it was just a back- bucket. <laughs> They came back out, and Lizzie returned alone later and did something in the sink. They couldn't see. Something. Uh, the day after, the atunc- uncle attempted to leave but was mobbed by a group of townsfolk, that had, and he had had to be ex- escorted back to the house. A day after that, the house was thoroughly searched, and the hatchet was taken, as well as an inspection of the sister's clothing. That evening, uh, the police and the mayor of the town visited the Bordens to inform Lizzie that she was a suspect of the crime. The next morning. Well, so the only suspects of these crime were people that should have been should have been suspects were the people that were in the house, which is all of the people. We'll get there. Oh my god. Um. So. Yeah. Uh. Next morning, Lizzie's friend witnessed her in the kitchen tearing up a dress, stating that she was readying it for the fire because she had gotten paint all over it. With blood. Uh. So on the eighth day. Uh, of August, four days after the murder, she was summoned to an inquest. She requested her family attorney be present, but was rejected because of a state statute. It is stated that she was very nervous and needed frequent doses of morphine to be calm during the questioning. I'm so nervous. Somebody get this girl some heroin. I love that. (laughs) Just drug. Because whenever I had morphine, I just like laid there like, uh... so what happened? Well, first, the uh, dragon came, and then... What was I talking so about? so many beautiful <laughs> colors. Is that jello? It didn't, like, make me hallucinate. It just made me, like, super relaxed. <laughs> just, like... Uh, <laughs> like, points that I couldn't tell that I was drooling or not. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So that's what I'm trying to Where imagine. Where do I sign her. up? I know. In the middle of, like, these uh, this interrogation that she just, like... <laughs> and I'm sure that the dosages oh, were not correct. Yeah. Anyways, that they were not correct dead right now, and I don't know. Why. I don't know what happened to them. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. You have beautiful eyes. <laughs> um, it was stated, yeah, blah blah blah. She was wild during the questioning and would refuse to answer questions, even if they would be beneficial to her. She had multiple accounts of where she was and what she was doing. First, she was in the kitchen reading magazines when her father arrived. And then she was ironing in the dining room. And then she was coming down the stairs. Oh, my gosh. On August 11th, she was jailed. 
Yeah, because she didn't have any of her stories straight. Exactly. The initial questioning was ruled inadmissible in her trial. So all of that stuff that they just talked about, not in court. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Inadmissible in her trail. Five, da- <laughs> five days before her trial, there was another axe murder in Fall River. Bertha Robinson was hacked to death in her chicken. Er, her chicken. In her, in her chicken. Look in at all kitchen. those chickens. <laughs> She's hacked to death in her kitchen. The murder was noted as similar to the Jerry, and it was believed to have affected them. Affected them. Oh, my God. Affected them. Affected. Uh, affected. A-F-F-E-C-T. same. You say it the same way. Affected. I'm going to say affected. Oh, my God. Uh, her trail took place on June 5th, 1893 in New Bedford. <laughs> Prosecutors were Hosea Knowlton and future Supreme Court Justice. Wow. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, William no. Moody. <laughs> defending her views or <laughs> defending her were Andrew V. Jennings, Melvin O. Adams, and the former Massachusetts governor, George D. Robinson. A point of note is that uh, this is one of the first well-publicized cases of murder in the United States. There were also misleading statements from the police that had warped the trial. Police officers argued that the hatchet handle was burned because of it, it being covered in blood. Um, others stated that they found the handle. Borden's presence in the home was also a question. After Maggie went upstairs to rest, Lizzie said that she went out to the barn for 20 or 30 minutes, minutes which was confirmed by two witnesses. Also, when Lizzie called Maggie down that her father was dead, she did not let her enter the room and instead instructed her to go get a doctor. They brought the autopsy of the heads into the courtroom and Borden fainted. Like they brought their heads in? Yeah. Oh my god. Like, I, I don't know if there was skin on them. Maybe just the skull? I don't know. <laughs> it didn't say. An op- uh, autopsy means that they cut it open, so. I hope they just wheeled in a dead body. Yeah. That is I mean, it's fully 1890s. A- 1890s, so I'm not. Not would not be surprised. Uh, it was also noted that before the events, Lizzie was recorded as, recorded for attempting to buy prussic acid. Her reasoning was to clean a skill, steel seal skin coat, but this incident was deemed to be too far away in time to be related. The presiding associate justice Justin Dewey, who had been appo- appointed by Robinson when he was governor, so her lawyer appointed the judge. Okay. So they already had, like, a bias there. Yeah. Um, Delivered a lengthy summary that supported the defense as his charge to the jury before it was sent to deliberate on June 20th, 1893. After an hour and a half of deliberation, uh, the judge acquitted Borden of the murders. Upon exiting the courthouse, she told reporters she was hashtag the happiest woman in the world. Oh, did she say hashtag? No, she said it was I bet she said hashtag. I bet you she did. Hashtag happiest woman in the world, living life, about to be put on trial, might go to jail. Thou knowest I am hashtag the happiest woman in the world. Uh, So there's a poem that goes with it. Let's do it. You love your poems. I know. The first verse is well known. The second verse is not. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. I've heard that one. Andrew Borden is now dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. In up in heaven, he will sing on the gallows. She will swing. Oh, there you go. Mm. I haven't heard of that that verse. I only heard the first verse. So there's a lot of speculation about the case and several theories that explain what happened. But I think we are all under the impression that, girl, you were dangerous. Yeah, you did it. You did it. <laughs> you murdered those people. 
your mom and dad. Yeah. Well, your dad and yeah. your stepmom. Yeah. Um, but there are explanations for her behavior from a disassociated state to vengeance for being raped and abused. Apparently, they had suggested that she had been raped. Which, um, I mean, it was 18, 1890s, so it's possible. Yeah. And there's also no proof, though. Yeah. Um, there was a suggestion that perhaps she had murdered her parents after being caught in a lesbian affair with Maggie, the maid. Oh. Uh, after the trials, Maggie moved to Butte, Montana. Hashtag Tony. Tony. Uh, uh, and married a man, but on her deathbed, she confessed to her sister that she had lied in testimony to protect Lizzie. Some blame the uncle who had just happened to visit during the murder. Uh, some that blame- he was the one who murdered them? Yeah. Hmm. Um, some blame Maggie, saying that she did it in a bout of rage brought on by heat for having to clean the windows. Well, okay. Was she's a maid. That's what that she's day. supposed to do. Well, it was apparently very hot that day. So she was like, oh, man, I'm hot. I'm going to go kill some people. She's like this. We don't have any witnesses! <laughs> hatchet, 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 hatchet. Yeah. Um, after the trial, uh, the Borden sisters moved into a large modern house on the Hill neighborhood in Fall River. Around this time, Lizzie began using the name Lizbeth A. Borden. Oh, you don't want people to know who you are? Mm-hmm. Oh, because you were a murderer or something? That people the, wrote a poem about her. Right. At their new house, which Lizbeth dubbed Maplecroft. Uh, they had a staff that included lived-in maids. Lived-in. <laughs> They've been worn a little bit. Live-in maids. A housekeeper. Lived-in maids. Yeah, they're broken People in. Th- Broken-in maids. Stop. Um, a housekeeper and a coachman. Because Abby was have ruled to have died before Andrew, her estate first went to Andrew at his death and then passed to his daughters at par- as part of this estate. A considerable settlement, however, was paid to, se- paid to settle claims by Abby's family. Despite the acquittal, Borden was ostracized by Fall River Society. Her name was again brought into the public eye when she was accused of shoplifting in 1870, or 1897 in Providence, Rhode Island. In 1905, shortly after an argument over a party that Elizabeth had given for actress Nance O'Neill, Emma moved out of the house and she never saw her sister again. Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> so now we can get to her death. Borden was ill in her last years following the removal of her gallbladder. She's like you. Uh, she died of pneumonia on June 1st, 1927, in Fall River. Funeral details were not published and few attended. Nine days later, Emma died of chronic nephritis at the age of 76 in a nursing home in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Having moved from this location in 1923, both for health reasons and to avoid renewed publicity following publication of another book about the murders, uh, the sisters, neither of whom had ever married, were buried side by side in the family plot in Oak Grove Cemetery. At the time of her death, Borden was worth over $250,000, equivalent to $4.9 million uh, in today's From what? Dollars. Just because she her had father's all this money. money? Yeah. And she just put it in stocks, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's before the crash. Um, she owned a house on the corner of French Street and Belmont Street, several awful office buildings, shares in several utilities, two cars, and a large amount of jewelry. She left $30,000, equivalent to $593,000, to the Fall River Animal Rescue League. Oh, she loves animals. Oh, she loves animals. And $500, $10,000, in a trust for perpetual care of her father's grave. Her closest friend and cousin each received $6,000, $119,000 today. Substantial sums, sums at the time of the estate's distribution in 1927 and numerous friends and family members each received between $1,000 and $5,000. Wow. 
So she ended up being rich and getting away with these well, crimes. Because she inherited all that money yeah, from, exactly. her killing her from killing mom her mom and dad. Yeah. Damn. Well, what a way to go, you know? <laughs> Shit's wild. Yeah. And he said that she got sick from a botched gallbladder surgery? Yeah. Yeah, well. Because back in the day, gallbladder surgeries were not easy. Nowadays, they are. They're all done by little robots. They're just like... Just take it right out. That's why you're missing half of your midsection. Yeah, you see? I'm like kind of... Yeah, lopsided. over one side. Yeah. The other side is massive. Mm-hmm. But you're really skinny on one side. Skinny legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one way to call it. <laughs> you look good. <laughs> Garbage. I love that. I was already looking at like what topics I want to do next week. <laughs> I was listening to We're you. in the middle of this. <laughs> I was listening. I was interacting very well. In high school, did anyone ever use the term hoe bag? Uh, I think I still kind of use it now. People say hoe bag all the time. Yeah. Hoe bag. <laughs> you scumbag. That, well, that one too. Um, what was some insults that I used back then? Uh, I mean, I had a lot. <laughs> hoe bag was good. I still call people like dorks and buttheads today. Is that weird? Mm, that's like the 90s. Yeah, I still use it. You're far behind. Yeah, that's okay. I'm old. I'm an old soul. Stupid. I'm an old soul. I was born in 1992. 1992. My favorite Pokemon is Charmander. No, Articuno. Gay as fuck. There's gayer Pokemon than Articuno. Lickitung. Jinx. Oh, yeah. Jinx (laughs) Monsoon. She's like... <laughs> tongue, bitch, you this tongue. That's lick a tongue, not jinx. Her tongue is out too. That's not. She just has big lips. <laughs> <laughs> big lips. My plastic yeah. surgeon said that I'm not allowed to get any more CCs or lip injections until I at least try to lose some weight a little bit. <laughs> but nobody can tell because I wear these floor length robes. <laughs> Stop. Anyways, I'm spending way too much money on weaves. You see this wig? What is this from? <laughs> That's what Jinx says. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just quoting something. I'm making it all up because I'm hilarious. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Oh, so now you're the funniest person on this podcast? <laughs> when have I not been? <laughs> Some people say, everyone says. Literally everyone The reviews, says. though. The reviews. Where are they at? Yeah, show me. Show me where it says that you're funny. Uh, um, they say that we're both funny, so. People say... Oh, Spencer's so funny. And there's like some kind of creaky door Weird, in the background. like sloshing sneaker sound in the background. Like wind through a metal pipe. <laughs> <laughs> there's That's not what I sound like. Jabberjaw from... Do you, did you ever watch Jabberjaw? No. I've asked you this before, haven't yes. I? Yeah, it's a shark, but it's like Scooby-Doo. And he goes... Didn't they do like a joint episode at some point? Yeah. Yeah. How did you not see it? I probably did. It's on Boomerang. Yeah, I was a child. It's on Boomerang. I don't remember everything. Can't even stop it. I don't remember everything from when I was a child. I blacked out for most of that. Yeah. Too mm- much marking. Too much candy. 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 What was your favorite candy as a kid? Reese's. They still are. Yeah, that's a good one. That's classic. I also, the a- sa- Sour Punch Straws. I never liked those. I'm so into those. Still. I've had day. obsessions, like, minute, like, small little, like, sections of my life where I'm like, I'm obsessed with this candy. Mm-hmm. It was cream savers for a long time. You remember Ew. those? So fucking good. Uh, That's so- like people who liked Smarties when we were younger. 
Who likes Smarties? See, no, Smarties in Canada are actually M&M's. Oh. Here, they're disgusting. Yeah. Chalk. Hey, I got some really nice flavored chalk. Yeah. Do you want it? This is, it okay. They were gross. But then sour. What were the sour ones? There were sour ones, weren't they? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm so upset. Regardless. They were disgusting. Do you remember Necco wafers? No. Like big ass sweet tart. Or big ass Smarties. And they were disgusting. Big ass Smarties. Yeah, they literally no, had an ass on it. Been there before. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Anyways. You want to find Ciao. some candy from your childhood? I'm sure that Economy Works could help. <laughs> That's one way to I look at it. I don't think they can. I don't think they do that. <laughs> um, but if you would like to uh, hear about them, we've got some information. We're going to thank them. Economy Works is a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If your company needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting, conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platforms, and trying old candy. No, no we don't do don't that do one. That. Not that, that one. That. Everything not else, but not wrong, that one. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the economy works. works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S.com. Woo. And also, make sure you check out our spinoff of our podcast, our, our Rupee podcast. Because we, we have been keeping up with RuPaul's Drag Race. And um, it's lit. So we have been giving our opinions on all the outfits, all the tea that has been going on this season. There is some major tea oh, yeah. that we will probably address. I don't know when we'll get to it. But at some point. we'll get there. Yeah. But there is a lot of good drag happening, honey. Yeah. So you should definitely take a look at uh, our Rupee podcast. If you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, listen to the episodes and let us know. But also you should listen to our sister podcast. Let's talk about gay stuff. And uh, so they're doing Women's History Month as well. And that's actually what inspired me to do Women's History Month for uh, our podcast, our Spoopy podcast, um, because uh, they have been posting every single day about a person in LGBT history that is part of like Women's History Month, essentially. So... So, uh, yeah, they're doing really good things. I feel like we're just talking about women murderers, which I don't think is very uh, helpful for Women's History Month. Oh, it's not. I mean, we're talking about women. But, yeah, we're talking about women. (laughs) There's a theme, at least. Powerful women that took people's lives. Powerful (laughs) women who axe-murdered people, (laughs) axe-murdered their own parents (laughs) in their house. So we're not highlighting the good. They highlight the good. We are highlighting the ugly. Women are evil. (laughs) Don't trust them. Because we don't. Don't trust her. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. <laughs> rough for everyone. Chris, tell me about your experience with women. Um, it was limited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only select theaters got that release. <laughs> it was like one of those like art films, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it was out at Sundance one time and it was like, wow. <laughs> it was at the uh, Fellowship County uh, Film Premiere League. Yep. Um, on the silver screen. On the on. It was actually a sheet uh-huh. that they put on a fence, mm-hmm. uh, and they got one of those. It's not even HP. It was uh, literally just like one of those, just like a projector. That Somebody you just used kinda, their phone. Yeah. Um, and it was just you on stage, like. No women. Nice boobs. I like those. And then you're like, oh, never mind. Bye. And then the woman's like, oh. Excuse me? How dare you? And, and the like, woman Ooh. the woman is just me with bigger glasses on and, <laughs> and a, a wig. wig. <laughs> Excuse me. With a beard. Excuse, Excuse me. 
Okay. I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, 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 you don't like me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Um, why don't you tell them about our podcast? I mean, they're listening. But they they, they better be listening to us, to. and they should be able to talk to us on our three podcast at our three podcast.com. They can talk to us on our three podcast on Instagram.com. They can also talk to us at our spoopy on Twitter.com and our spoop on Facebook. But if they want to email Are us, you a personal kind of girl, you, you just want something that's just a little, a bit, little bit hidden, you interesting, know? Mm-hmm. a little just between you and me, a little personal. Yeah, what, what, what can they do? Well, you could send us a line Ooh, down at our spoopy podcast at gmail.com. We love that. We do. We love our fans. You can also give us reviews on all the things because we also love reviews. So you just looked at your hands the gay way. Do you remember that when people were like, They're like mm. I can tell you put your hand on your elbow, and I'm like, <laughs> why? Mm, why? Why am I putting my hand on my elbow? I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, uh. how are you supposed to do it? Like this? I don't know. Like, I guess like cross your arms like that. I don't know. And I did like, <laughs> and then they were like, look at your nails, and I'm like, like. Mm. <laughs> Yes, this mm. polish is mm. runting. And they were like, cross your legs. And I'm like, <laughs> and they were like, say a word with an S. And I was like, Spencer. <laughs> That's my name. That's me. <laughs> yeah, accurate. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, now that was an episode. Yeah. That was a thing. So does that mean that we should like tell them to get, get spoopy, spoopy with, with it? it? <laughs> Always a question. Honestly. 